Hello and welcome to Life Sciences in Queensland. My guest today is Dr Tim Evans, Head of Science and Technology at Lewina Bio. Based in Brisbane, Lewina Bio is a drug development and contract manufacturing organisation serving the pharmaceutical, biotechnology and veterinary industries. Lewina Bio's business is heavily into science, which is why multinationals, biotechs and startups from all over the world seek their expertise to create the medicines of the future. Dr Tim Evans, welcome. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. Lewina Bio has provided services to the Australian biotechnology industry for, for well over 20 years. What's its history? It started as a, um, a management buyout around about 2016, and it came out of a company called uh, Progen Pharmaceuticals, um, which was a drug development company that had some manufacturing capability. They operated a division called Pharmasynth and the managers got together and bought all the assets out from that company and it became Lewina Bio. So there's people at Lewina Bio that have been there for a long 20 time. years. Yeah, a really <laughs> long time. And uh, Lewina Bio has also worked with uh, European, uh, American and Asian clients supporting their development needs. What have you been able to achieve in that yeah, time? Um, yeah, we've had some great success, certainly in Asia, in Korea, in, importantly. Korea's been a really um, good good target uh, territory for us. Um, we've had a lot of microbiome-type projects come out of that, and I'm sure we'll talk about that in a little bit. Globally, a lot of pharmaceutical development comes from Europe and America, and uh, we've had lots of clients from America and Europe um, and they've engaged our services to help them manufacture their candidate drugs that they want to take forward into the clinic. Let's talk about some of the, the drugs that you, that you manufacture. In fact, there are two main types. Can you, can you ex- explain what they are? Yeah, sure. So everything we do starts with fermentation at Lawina Bio. Um, so we ferment organisms like yeast or bacteria. Um, And if you consider that as a starting point, it's a great uh, way to think about it. And then it's what you do with them after that. For live biotherapeutics or microbiome type products, we take those bacteria, cryopreserve them, freeze dry them, and make sure they're still alive and they can be deployed into um, orally um, available drugs um, for clinical trials. And the other type of drugs that we have are more recombinant proteins. And basically we hack organisms like bacteria or yeast to manufacture proteins that they wouldn't normally make. And those proteins are then used as products in the clinic. Perfect example of a stereotype version of that would be insulin. Um, Way back in the 80s, that's what people did. They hacked organisms to Mm. make insulin that Mm. can be used in in treatments. And and not just insulin, but uh, let's talk about some of the other benefits that uh, anyone listening to this podcast might have a better understanding of, of how helpful life has been for them as a result of the research that you're doing yeah absolutely um so certainly in the microbiome space that's a really um i guess a vigorous vigorously moving kind of a field it's sort of something that wasn't around like five years ago it wasn't really a thing so basically it's taking microorganisms that come from people's guts 
Um, they live in a very difficult to grow kind of environment. They're hard to keep alive. Um, they live in an anaerobic environment, which means they don't like oxygen. So if you're able to culture those, then you can uh, treat people and restore their balance of microbiomes with those products. And that can be really useful for things like inflammatory bowel disease or just things that are very hard to treat. Certainly for recombinant um, proteins, we've had a a long, long long-going project um, with a, a German company for an asthma treatment. And I think if that one actually um, gets off the ground, it's probably going to be a, a bit of a groundbreaking um, treatment. You know, something things that are difficult to treat, I think you, you, you run out of options and you end up following a different path, and that's kind of where we fit in. You mentioned that this area of research is... Is about five years old. Yeah, yeah. To me, that that sounds like it's fairly new. Why? Why now have we have we developed this? Uh, yeah. what's, what's been the catalyst? I guess. Um, so a, a few things. Um, certainly, live biotherapeutics, a, a, an understanding of the types of organisms that um, are in people's microbiome. We've only managed to unlock that as a result of being able to sequence genomes. And once you can sequence genomes, you can sequence multiple genomes at once in a mixture, and that's what's unlocked that. So once we understood that as a as a you know an intellectual um, body, uh, then we could work out which bacteria were out of balance within someone who might be sick, and then apply treatments knowing what those bacteria are to then then treat it so Mm. yeah it's a it's a real that just technologies unlocking capabilities for treat for therapeutics and treatment it certainly sounds that way what are some of the the issues and and opportunities uh, facing the biopharmaceutical industry at the moment at the moment i would say probably the biggest issue that most people have is this concept of supply chain you know, we, we hear about it with, uh, you know, buying cars, not having... Uh, and the building industry too. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Mm. Um, globally, it's a thing. So within our industry, it makes it very hard to get um, raw materials and consumables that we would use in our fermentation processes in a timely manner. What's happened there is there's so many projects and manufacturing processes going on to make things for covid so vaccine manufacture. So what that does is it soaked up all of the consu- a lot of the consumables that would be routinely used in, in fermentation. So what happens as a result of that is we just have to sit on a waiting list. So things end up taking six months to come in, three months to come in, mm. um, rather than being a few weeks out like it used to be. So it's a real game changer. You have to be very organised with how you do manufacturing or manufacture batches. Given what you've said, is there the risk that your industry might go backwards as a result of um, that? I don't think so. Mm. Um, we're, we're in a bit of an amazing time. Um, I call it the vaccine renaissance. Globally, there's just an interest in vaccines. Um, you know, think about the vaccines that we get given to us as to treat uh, or to prevent us from getting um, COVID-19. Along with that, people are much more, much happier to accept vaccines. And there's been a big push worldwide for other vaccines as well. I don't think that that's going to slow up. So I think as a result of that, um, Lawina's pretty well positioned to do 
um, different kinds of vaccine manufacture perhaps that suit our capabilities that we have now. Um, the other thing I'll just mention, you mentioned about the uh, other issues, finding talent is really hard. And uh, again, that's an IT industry thing as well. People are not moving around the globe as, as easily as what they used to. Mm. Very hard to find people within Australia that have the exact requirements for certain positions so they may sit you know we might have positions that sit open for a few months while we find the right candidate or we get them in from overseas those two things are pretty common in a lot of industries at the moment Mm. which is interesting what links do you have with universities and research institutes we've got a couple of touch points with research institutes um, and they're they're really good i totally enjoy every single one of those touch points because the science is always interesting so the first one would be if we have a client that wants to make uh, a product um, for a clinical trial so we'd be engaged as a you know service provider for that the other one um, and this is sort of something that we're pushing out into a little bit more we want to engage with uh, research institutes and universities to um, be collaborative partners providing services and and doing things that we want to do internally at Lawina to progress our business probably over the next couple of years we'll see a lot more of that kind of activity certainly from my my group in in science and technology the other way we um, engage universities and research institutes is we we sometimes get them to do work for our clients some some work we we um, you know we we'd have them do uh, on our behalf because we know it's they can do quality stuff Mm. um, for us and we like that it makes it interesting we're always dealing with cool people Tim, it sounds like Lawina Bio doesn't experience a lot of competition domestically. Why is that? Yeah, there's only a couple of players in the CDMO market in Australia. Um, It could be the result of a couple of things. Um, It could be that uh, that we're a long way away from where all the action is in the world, say in Europe or America. What we're seeing now is um, a lot of people coming to us from other places in the world where they've been unable to access the CDMO services within their local area. So they've had to look further, far and wide to to find services in other parts of the world. And that's good for us. Uh, Australia has a great opportunity to perform clinical studies and we're part of a bigger ecosystem that that fits fits that kind of um, that ecosystem. We're part of that ecosystem, which is fantastic. What I mean by that is to start a clinical trial, a phase one clinical trial in Australia, the the barrier is a little bit lower than what it is in other parts of the world. If you combine that with the R and D tax incentive, which gives businesses that have a little footprint in Australia tax rebate for the the money they invest into their clinical trial or manufacturing it can look like a pretty good kind of a prospect we australia has a pretty diverse kind of population uh, lots of clinical trial sites in australia uh, there's lots of reasons why that ecosystem makes a lot of sense for a lot of companies around the world mm. and the regulatory system around manufacturer of uh, pharmaceutical products is particularly strong in Australia. 
Does that place us in a good position? Absolutely. So we sit within uh, a worldwide framework. We have oversight by the Therapeutic Goods Administration uh, as a result of looking at the way the COVID vaccines have been um, approved. Um, we certainly draw a lot of information and, and guidance from how the FDA or the EMA, so FDA is in the USA, or the uh, EMA um, in Europe, how they approve their drugs. And we fit into that. I think we're very uh, somewhat conservative in some ways, um, which makes us a very good place for running safe clinical trials and approving safe drugs, which I think is a real advantage to Australia. And what does the future have in store for Lavina Bio? Uh, so, yeah, the future's bright. We've, as I said, we've got a lot of a lot of new exciting projects uh, ahead of us over the next couple of years. We're certainly looking to modernise and improve the capabilities that we have and expand our business beyond what we're doing now to, I guess, harness harness the interest that we've had in, in Lawina Bio as a company and, and the services that we have. So I think we're well positioned. It's a good time, good time to be a CDMO, I think. <laughs> Dr Tim Evans, thanks so much for joining us today. You're welcome, thank you.